Jam. I want to see Jam. Do the sports and Jam. Dunk it in the bucket. Then you jump and then you hit it with the bat. Sports. Jam it. Jam the sports. Jam. Slam it. Cram it. Snort it. Toot it. Toot it. Sports. Space Jam. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Hello. How is everyone out there? This is Daniel Lyons, host of the Movie Blues Podcast. Here are the special message. You're listening to the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm Dan Lyons. And I'm Braun. I'm, I'm just Braun, or you could call me King. <laughs> That's not like a regal designation, right? Like, he's not actually a king. He hasn't been kinged. He's not like the King of Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shove his ass in a Black Panther movie. He's ready. Relax. He's ready to go. That's a movie, Dan. Oh. That's a that's a Marvel series. Oh. <clears throat> I know you think I'm just already talking about the Black Panther organization. I'm not. I'm talking about the King of Wakanda. Well, LeBron James is like the least Black Panthery person <laughs> of that community. I I like to protect Wakanda but not say anything on Twitter or beyond. Hotel Wakanda. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast. I'm he said Dan that. You said that shit. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's me, Notorious B.I.G. I'm not kosher. Don't dunk me in your non-kosher stuff. Fuck me in my butt. I know it's a lot like the other rap where I'm just rapping about getting fucked in my butt, but that's something that Porky Pig does. That's why they say, fuck it like a stack of pigs. That's where that's where the thing comes from when they say you're fucking a stack of pigs, baby. Who says fuck it like a stack of pigs? <laughs> that is a phrase that you will have to look up in your free time. Okay, you need some more content for your raps. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was going to do that one or the other one. Or any of them ever. But as always, today's episode is brought to you by... Oh yeah! Seagram's. Seagram's escapes. Sip happiness. Mm. Mm, I'm so happy. Oh. I am si- <laughs> sipping happiness. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsor, uh, Seagram's Escape. What flavor are you sipping on, Dan? Ah, uh, Jamaican me happy. Oh, perfect for this episode. Yeah, pre- so am I. Previously, I was sipping a uh, blueberry acai... Lemonade. Ooh, yeah, me too. That, that one was fire. That one's starting to get a little rough after uh, enough um, <laughs> respins on that one. I'm starting to get once you've thrown that one up twice, it starts to get really scary. <laughs> um, that one's three point five percent. Welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast, where today we will be covering the brand new film Space Jam Two: The New Legacy. Yeah, Tron Legacy. It. Tron, it was kind of like Tron Legacy. This is surely going to be the most listened to episode ever. Um, so we better not blow it. No, like, terrible jokes up front is what you're saying. Do what you gotta do. Anyway. I can't stop you. <clears throat> Space Jam, a new legacy. Whoa, was Kobe busy? Fuck. <laughs> Thanks, I'm Dan Lines. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's fine. We got no love for rapists here. <laughs> oh! You got his ass. <laughs> I mean... As much as anyone could at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you gathered his ashes and anyway. <laughs> I think we're once again going to have to delete this episode, thus leaving us with no episodes for the day. Someone at work recently was like, Do you remember where you were when you found out Kobe died? 
And I was like, yeah, it's a band practice, not giving a fuck. <laughs> Kobe. Anyway, I'm going to do my best to no longer talk about Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Although it's very he, much... He, on... Photos of him were featured prominently in this film. It's very much on my mind. You would think they wouldn't be... Uh, so eager to put rapists in a children's film. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, have you seen most children's films? <laughs> yeah. Touche. <laughs> Usually. Space Jam brought to you I, by Miramax. Even Kevin Spacey had that movie where he played a digital cat. You know what I mean? K-Pax? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> Space Jam 2. Why, Dan? Thoughts? <laughs> uh, seems like an appropriate property to bring back. It's uh, right. the generation that was... Um, 1937's hottest ticket, the Looney Tunes. Yeah, I mean, our generation grew up on Space Jam. Now all of our friends are mistakenly having children, so they, they need they need a two-hour Warner Brothers commercial to watch. Um, <laughs> this was really a Warner Brothers like demo. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was like how you described going to Universal Studios, how over the top all of the rides were in advertising their properties. It right. was like. I felt like that must have been what it was like. I definitely felt like I was on sale while watching this movie. <laughs> and uh, so did LeBron James, probably. So it's all good. Um, <clears throat> Space Jam 1, Dan. Talk to me about it. Are are we your... not, do we not have any segments to deal with on the uh, front? You want to start off with this? You want to do with the segments? I like the last time we were kind of like, did a little bit and then a segment. But I'll, I'll, we'll do it. I'm we'll just... do it. You're chomping at the bit. I, I, I want to know what's going on with your... With, do you have a tiff with our sponsors? Uh, I do not have a tiff <laughs> with our sponsors. Um it's more like a, a heartwarming story where I ran into the girl at a party a couple weeks ago who left the case of Seagram's escapes in our fridge in the, the first girl place. Who ruined your life. That led to me discovering this delicious sugary beverage. <laughs> then I explained to her that now it's a fake sponsor on my podcast, <laughs> and that she, she shifted. Was like, What's a podcast? She shifted the whole course of humor of my podcast to be solely about Seagram's Escapes. So it started with her being like, oh, cool, Rad, you like them? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love them. They're great. Like, And then a minute later, I'm like describing how it's like a, a bit in a comedy <laughs> podcast now. And she was like, uh, oh, okay, uh, uh, all right. And I was like, yeah, it's like pretty much like our holy drink. It's like our, <laughs> our one beverage. Like if right now at the at Movie Blues Podcast headquarters, we were sentenced to death and got a last meal, it would just be Seagram's escape. <laughs> uh, no food, um, just Seagram's around here. Um, as Dan pointed out, it's over a thousand grams of sugar. But that helps you get you going when you're trying to make a podcast. Um, and uh, I thanked her and she was shocked and a little uncomfortable. Great. Dan. 60 seconds in Jewish heaven, or as we call it, 30 more seconds longer than we usually last. Here's your 60 seconds to talk about anything you want, and away we go. Okay, so today I would like to talk about, for the first time, something actually related to this very podcast. Blasphemy. In that I... It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I went back and listened to some early episodes. I wanted to see how the tone has shifted, the quality shifted. Thoughts? My thoughts are that while the podcast has content-wise gotten better, flow-wise, I feel they were substantially better when they were all like two hours long. Oh, great. Everything feels wrapped up in a very rushed fashion these days. Oh, wow. Okay. And I want to go back to doing two-hour bangers. I listened to the Eastbook Tacular, and 
I'm not going to say that this has nothing to do with the fact that my commute is an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'd like a, one nice solid episode to listen to through the entire thing. Well, we need to record more then. Yeah. I mean, I'm always trying to, and you're just fucking chomping at my fucking heels trying to chase me away. Wow. <laughs> Put a pin in that, bud. <laughs> I'll have you here every night of the fucking week. We'll watch all 23 Marvel movies in three weeks, baby. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like the idea of a longer podcast, but, you know, let's try it now. You want to do two hot hours on Space Jam 2? No. Maybe I, not this one. No, but there there have been times where you can hear at the end where you say you're trying to wrap up, and I yeah. keep pushing, trying to shoehorn People love in. that. Yeah. That's part of the charm. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that keeps Rachel not listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's ideal for me. Is it being long. Yeah, fuck it. Rachel, don't listen to this episode. We're just going to talk about you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I've done that eight times. Um, So today we're going to be talking about um, the Space Jam franchise. It's a duology, if you will. Um, let's talk about the first one first. Okay. How does that sound? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sounds exciting. Dan, what is your experiences with Space Jam 1? Huge. Huge. Fucking huge. Had huge. that VHS huge. tape. I had the coin that came with the VHS tape. Carried that shit with me everywhere. Watched that movie. As someone who watched zero Disney movies, I watched Space Jam no less than 400 times. That tracks. Um, found it riveting. Revisited it numerous times <laughs> in my post-pot-smoking career. Right. Held up most of the times until I became an adult. Um, recent rewatches. I found many flaws that I hadn't previously noticed. Um, like what, continuity errors? Or? Just uh, Michael Jordan's <laughs> acting, primarily. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm a big fan of the... I didn't know Dan Aykroyd was in this picture. Joke when Bill Murray runs on screen. Same. I didn't understand that as a child. The first time I watched him, did get it. Found that very funny. Um, just generally a pivotal moment and pivotal cinematic experience for my child self. As a young Jewish boy who fancied himself good at basketball, as most young Jewish boys find before they start going to school with black people. And getting fat. Yeah. Yeah. I was good at basketball comparatively to (laughs) the Irish children in my school. We've talked about this paradigm on this podcast (laughs) too many times. We all know, as I explained, when I went to my two Jewish camps, um, or my one camp. You were king, Dan. One of them, I was just like beaten ruthlessly. (laughs) And just wrung out to dry constantly by wasps. And at the other one, I was, like, getting blown by, like, 18 girls at once. So it's, you know, it's the Jewish uh, Jewish curse. That's why we keep inbreeding is because we're better together. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we have a very um, complex relationship with camps. <sighs> Fast forward to 2944 <laughs> to avoid all Holocaust humor in today's episode. <laughs> That's what we would have if, like, we had bookmarks on our episodes. Yeah. Uh, and be like, Skip this far to avoid spoilers. Yeah, Skip shout this out far. to that dude in the rental zone who was freaking out about me describing someone's performance as Jewy. Yeah. You obviously have never listened to this podcast. <laughs> someone's going to tell me that Adam Sandler wasn't acting Jewy in Uncut Gems. Well, Dan, since you asked, my thoughts on Space Jam 1, um, as a kid who didn't really watch Looney Tunes... And had no respect for basketball. Um, <laughs> I, I absolutely loved Space Jam One. Um, Space How Jam could you One not, dude? came L- at a Lola time Bunny. when 
uh, the WB as a brand was a lot of things to a lot of people, but yeah. for me, potent. it was more than a movie studio. That was the period of time when, if you went down to the ye old King of Prussia Mall, you'd be able to go, go to one of the greatest stores of all time, the Warner Brothers store. Whoa. Um, the Warner Brothers store was in most typically high-end malls you could find. It was kind of like the mirror world opposite of the Disney store where WB attempted to convince itself that it had a universe full of properties people actually liked. They're still operating under that delusion, obviously, as per this movie. <laughs> um, but the, the long and short of it is that like that store to me was like a mystical wonderland. Um, not only in that store did they have like a playpen and like a, a tube you could walk through and see all these like crazy WB like movie slides and like all this crazy shit, but they also had merch for like Batman the Animated Series. They had original animation cells. Wow. My mom became a collector of Looney Tunes animation cells. That was one of her hobbies. Yeah. Um, she typically got stuff of Marvin the Martian or Tweety Bird. I think those were her two. That's funny. Can I pause you? Yeah. We had a moment while watching this movie when uh, Marvin the Martian showed up for the first time and Kat and I both, both went, oh, and it was because her mother, uh, her favorite, her mother's favorite is Marvin the Martian. Mm -hmm. My mother's favorite was Marvin the Martian. Whoa, same, same, same. Yeah, I feel like that era of white women just, just loved Why? Why? They latched dick. on to Marvin the fucking Martian. He was what is that about? I don't, I don't know. It's, they wanted to be conquered? I don't, I'm not really sure. <laughs> they wanted to have a flagpole shoved inside them? I, I mean, I only know. your mom's Jewish. My mom wanted Marvin the Martian. His little black face. <laughs> Looked like one of the old Sambo dolls she kept on her rack. She was like, uh, what's her face in Soul Man? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> um... Yeah, my mom was a collector of all things Looney Tunes. Um, I never really watched the show. I still never really have watched many Looney Tunes um, I segments. Looney Tunes as a kid. Um, that I feel like I watched Tiny Tunes to an incredible degree, but not Looney Tunes. Yeah, Tiny Tunes was magnificent. Um, oh, they should have showed up in this movie. I know. Like, I had a very complicated there. relationship as a child with Warner Brothers because I couldn't quite like when I was, I think I was four when Space Jam came out, maybe five. Right. And I couldn't wrap my head around what, like, Warner Brothers actually was or who they were because I didn't know what a movie studio was. Right. And I watched Animaniacs religiously where they're described as the Warner Brothers and their Warner sister, Very Dot. Confusing. And the show starts with them coming out of the Warner Tower. So I was like, is Warner Brothers, like, this fucking dystopian hellscape where they keep their creators captive? I I couldn't understand. Well, in this movie, kind of. What the Warner Brothers were. <laughs> and I remember asking my parents, like, what is the Warner Brothers? And they'd be like, it's a company. And I'd be like, that doesn't track with what I'm watching on the television. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think this movie would have cleared it up for you as a kid. It would have <laughs> only doubled down on what is confusing about it because. Uh, you know, as as is interesting enough about this movie, the WB ECU. Every day that we go for further into time, the idea of old Hollywood exists less. Thanks, Tarantino. So, with a movie like this, which is clinging on to both Looney Tunes, which is also a property that ages double every day per day that goes by, the ideas presented in this, I can't imagine them appealing to children or having children understand what Warner Brothers is any better or any worse. Right. This was probably just as confusing. Have you um, seen the early Looney Tunes episodes where Bugs Bunny is like super like anti-Semitic? <laughs> <laughs> seems, this seems like its own episode. 
where we just watch that. Yeah. And commentate. He's on. like really racist against Japanese people because it's like during oh, that the I've war. Seen. I've seen Shit some bananas. Some very racist towards Asian people Looney Tunes content. Yeah. Um that, you know, this movie could have used a little more of that, but <laughs> um so for me Space Jam was huge. I think the least interesting aspect of it was basketball. I of course yeah. knew who Michael Jordan was. Um the thing about Space Jam 1 is that they are refining the techniques being used in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, before that, leading all the way back to, um, like, movies from the 30s and 40s, where they were trying to integrate animation with live-action material. That's like a time-honored Hollywood yeah, tradition. Classic Warner Brothers move. That doesn't exist anymore, obviously, because of CGI fuckery. But I thought it was like a technical achievement at the time, having seen it. And there was a lot of CGI that was very early Space and very Jam well done. Space Jam 1 you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it was a um, huge technical achievement at the and time. So it looked great. And not only did it look great, but it was mostly hand-drawn um, in, in that WB style, which is what I was really into at the time. Um, that era of Warner Brothers content I just think is great. Um, so yeah, that was a huge win for me. I didn't really rewatch it very many times. I don't think I had it on VHS, but I did really enjoy it and just kind of always liked it throughout time. And and at this point as an adult, I think that it exists as a property that's above scrutiny from from a modern lens. When's the last time? When's the last time you watched it? Uh, I would assume maybe a year ago, two years ago. Oh. I I saw a large chunk of it and still enjoyed it and thought it was funny and thought the gags mostly worked and it just it's hard it you know with the strength of nostalgia it's hard to cut into space jam it's just like a perfect 90s moment totally um patrick ewing is in it mugsy bows yeah there's great basketball players in it but but there's also great comedians in it which i think this movie really didn't have either of those which i thought was kind of questionable you're telling me that you don't find sarah silverman on the uh comedic achievement uh, scale with Bill Murray. Not when she's in a movie for 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the long and short of it is that I really loved Space Jam as a kid. There's a lot of pedigreed, good working actors, comedians, basketball players, and more than anything, Michael Jordan earned that and also did it with a great level of self-deprecation, especially about the baseball stuff. Um, he was able to kind of laugh at himself and um, I think that Michael Jordan was the perfect person to make that movie. Um, I'm not saying that with any foreshadowing in my voice whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan was a cultural phenom. Have, Mike- have you watched the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary that's now on Netflix? The documentary miniseries? No, not yet, no. It is. I know, it's good. Superb. He loves game. The Last blah, Dance. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the bottom line with Michael Jordan is that while he was not a great actor he did not suffer from giganticism like LeBron James does. Um, LeBron James is one of those basketball players who um, is an enormous human to the extent that he's going to look ridiculous whatever you do with him. And his voice is always going to kind of be like extremely low because he has freakish giganticism. And um, I think for those reasons, Michael Jordan, while being a bad actor, was good in Space Jam because he is actually a charismatic person and not a gigantic plank of wood. Um, I need to say on the front end, and this is saying a lot because LeBron James is quite poor in this movie. He is substantially better in this movie than Michael Jordan is in Space Jam 1. I am not going to agree with that, but that's an interesting grouping of words into a sentence that you said. I cannot imagine anyone could watch these movies back to back and come out with any other conclusion. Um, 
Michael know? Jordan's line delivery in Space Jam is awful. Okay. Well, we're going to put a pin in this subject. As we, and I watched it extremely recently. As we get into the front end of um, Space Jam 2, A New Space Jam Legacy. Um, and uh, I think that that review should probably begin now. What do you think about that? I think that's great. You ready to get fucking loony up in this bitch? Yeah, man. Yeah, way to get loony out there. Woo-wee. Yeah, tell him, LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> That was probably take 190, by the way. <laughs> They're like, okay, LeBron, let's, let's try that, but with human emotion. <laughs> Woo! That's my impression of LeBron James. <laughs> Better than any line delivery from Michael Jordan in Space Jam 1. Um, LeBron James is a completely charismatic, devoid piece of granite that moves through this movie awkwardly shambling his enormous corpse through every scene whether he's a cartoon or otherwise the man has got absolutely no charm um i really really hated hearing him emote was like as as painful as it gets this is fun basketball right here be yourselves (laughs) bro he cried at one point be yourselves (laughs) i really i really liked him saying ball ball Way to get fucking loony out there. Um, So uh, we begin with um, LeBron James, human giant, um, self-serving egotist, deeply vain narcissist who somehow thought it was a good idea to portray himself as a really bad dad in this movie. (laughs) Dude, LeBron James did not push for this movie to be made. They spent years trying to get that fool to make this movie. I mean, he fell for it. This idea is just straight up bad. <laughs> he even says the uh, the, um, the athletes is, is actors thing never works. I'm a ball player, you know, and athletes acting that never goes well. Yeah. LeBron, you he, are correct. He knows. <laughs> As your movie is currently flopping, you are correct, sir. Is it really flopping though? Because ever, everyone's watching it. Uh, it's not going <clears throat> to make much money. It'll probably die in its second weekend, and it got bombed by critics worldwide sweet um and for a good reason i would say this was um not really a movie so much as like a demo presentation some kind of sick twisted wet dream fantasy from a pr marketing perspective um for wb to basically jerk its cock over every single property that they've ever had Um, i just like i don't under like lebron james delivered exactly what, from my perspective, one would expect LeBron James to deliver in this film. A terrible Whereas I don't understand how all of the <laughs> vitriol isn't going towards Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle deserves to be trotted <laughs> out and shot for this movie, guys. <laughs> that is an uh, Oscar-winning actor. Um, Oscar-winning actor um, Don Cheadle blows it in this movie <laughs> as bad as you can blow it. He plays a black AI computer, <laughs> as everyone seems to point out. The computer's black. Um, and, um, uh, it really is just one of those situations where why Don Cheadle, why so many things, um, Don Cheadle is playing a, uh, how would you describe it, Dan? Like a rogue computer program inside of the WB serververse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's a pretty apt description. He is Al G Rhythm. Yes. His name is Al G Rhythm. And, uh, the implication being that he... 
like Warner Brothers made a movie that basically indicates that they are so inept at producing their own properties that they built a giant algorithm to make all of their movie pitches for them. Yes, that's about as self-deprecating as it gets, I feel yeah. like. They're like, we're giving up on the creative end. We've created a Don Cheadle to make decisions from now on. <laughs> and that's the plot of the movie. Yeah. Who's black? Um... <laughs> The plot of the movie is that said computer goes out of control, sucks LeBron James and his son into the computer world, and then battles them in basketball. This is very Stephen King-esque. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Instead of an alcoholic writer, you have LeBron James. (laughs) But it's almost almost fully a one-to-one of a classic King tale where... um, our protagonist has been sucked into a, a virtual hell world where he needs to battle his own demons to reconnect with his son Dom, no relation to the Fast and Furious franchise, <laughs> despite <laughs> how many times. But equally about family. Yeah, but equally about family. Um, the computer's black. Um, I, um, <laughs> I really thought I was going to struggle terribly through this movie, um, but I found myself pretty entertained by it. Um, Dan, what were your overall thoughts on Space Jam 2? Um, as always, every time that we do a children's movie, I find myself kind of creating a schism with how my perception is versus who the real intended audience is, mm. who this would satisfy. Right. And I I knew that everyone was going to shit on this no matter what they did. I saw that it was getting shat upon. Yeah. And I... I liked it a little bit more than I thought I was going to. I found myself generally engaged despite finding the plot beyond stupid Mm -hmm. and so shoehorned in. I really liked a lot of the self-awareness with the criticism of overreaching technology. Sure. um, (laughs) Overreaching um, advertisements. And I was trying to picture myself as a kid who... At the time, um, I would just voraciously devour the entirety of a, of a property if I loved it, if I was even remotely interested in it. And if I was a kid today, I'd probably be someone who was watching every DC Universe cartoon. Mm-hmm. And if I watched, and I would, I was into basketball as a kid, and surely kids love LeBron James. And if I was a kid watching this movie where every other fucking scene is like LeBron James flying through Harry Potter and then flying yeah. through fucking Justice League world and flying, th- I'd probably be going fucking apeshit. Like I'd be loving it. <laughs> like me as an adult who has a concept of really, really abrasive and aggressive marketing and advertisements and the negative effects of it was very disconcerted by that. And clearly this movie purely exists to boost the Warner Brothers brand. And that is really it. Yeah. Um, but like, and, and retroactively, LeBron James's brand. And But then it's like some of the choices, like they go into Casablanca world. And I'm like, so off. I'm like, that's great for me. But even that. It's like, barely great for me. But like even that, like I'm a 
vast minority of people my age who would be thrilled about fucking Bugs Bunny jumping into a scene from Casablanca. Well, you thought that some eight-year-old Gen Z kid was going to jump out of his chair when he saw Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze? Right. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's just a movie that... There's, there's Jack Nicholson's Joker is in the background. There's Star Trek references. There's Aladdin references, which I don't even know how they got away with that. I didn't see an Aladdin reference. I think you're, you're uh, mis misconstruing something. Dude, the whole scene where... And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this as plainly as possible because this needs to be said. WB would not have spent a dollar beyond their own properties right. because they had enough. There's probably some other like Prince of Persia or some fucking terrible Middle Eastern movie that they like shoehorned in a guy in a turban in. But Kat I doubt it was from Aladdin. The moment when Don Cheadle comes out of AI world to be a big scary monster to, to LeBron and his son for the first time. Yeah. She said it's line for line exactly from Aladdin. Wow. Uh, maybe it was just a mistake because they were trotting such a obvious ground at that point in the movie. They were doing like Wizard of Oz. like Yeah. Um, whew, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I mean, dude, the CGI in this movie was stellar. Sure. Um, what the my biggest issue with it is in a world full of voice actors and impressionists, why they couldn't find anyone who sounds like Bugs Bunny or Daffy oh Duck. Oh, my God. Bro, Bugs Bunny was way off he was like discount like wish bugs bunny it would be like a stand-up comedian trying to do bugs bunny but he can't do it that that well so to reinforce that he's bugs bunny he says doc at the end of every sentence Ugh. it was like watching um a movie in a different country where they dub like bruce willis's voice with like a guy from baglapore who just like can sound sort of gruff yeah <laughs> it was so but all of them i didn't Marvin the Martian sounded terrible. Yeah, he did. Uh, I can do a better Marvin the Martian. Speedy Gonzalez not. sounded terrible. Speedy Gonzalez, probably they were like, we will tread carefully I with know, this one. I know. They're like most Mexican person willing to do this. They like went to, they like W. They went to Carlos an... Mencia. <laughs> no, he's he is canceled. <laughs> um, they they did an algorithm of where the center of Mexico was, and they're like, you must select him from this town. Um, <laughs> And you will have one line. Please, please just let it go by quickly. Um, I, is... I didn't think anybody sounded accurate. Way like, off. Besides, like, Foghorn Leghorn sounded decent. They all sounded like terrible impressions Tweety of Tweety Bird it, sounded of... decent. Yeah, I guess. Sylvester sounded terrible. Sylvester sounded awful. They were Fucking... all really pale impersonations. Even Roadrunner was like, meep, meep. It was one of the many ways in, in which I'm sure that Mel Blanc blank was like doing like torpedo turns in his grave while this movie <laughs> i have heard friends do bugs bunny impressions better yeah. than the person who did this it, it made my ears perk up it was so bizarre i was like this is bad what it's, maybe that's the people they have on retainer to do their property that's now, what i was thinking that it's probably it whoever narrates like some fucking vr ride at universal studios and like so has bad. a contract that that is the bugs bunny <sighs> there were just things in this movie i didn't need dan yeah yeah, I, I didn't need to know that LeBron James slept in a do rag. <laughs> How'd that detail make it in? <laughs> Was he like, no, this is this is not real. Of all the things, make sure it's on when I'm going to bed. Yeah, that's that's a lot. I spent a lot of the movie thinking about that, and <laughs> I kind of enjoyed. I did enjoy this one how they leaned into how goddamn rich LeBron is. Whereas in Space Jam one, yeah, they, they had him living in like <laughs> leave it to Beaver's house. Yeah, it's unbelievable. They go terrible. to Michael Jordan's house, and it's like a rickety closet. It was like the house that Robin Williams lived it's in. It's smaller than my childhood home by half. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, but also this movie also does the things from the last one in the same vein that I didn't appreciate. Like, his entire family was actors, which I, okay, fine. But his entire, Dan, his entire, like, so when you watch the credits, there's 12 James names. Because there's wide shots of his whole family. Even at that point. It's all different actors playing his family. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to sub- didn't want to subject his real family to the malice this film was surely going to receive. I would assume it was more WB being like, we have one dude who cannot act in this movie. We cannot have seven. Yeah, they were like, we have t- two black clients and one of them is the chick from Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Get her in there. Get her the fuck in there. Uh, Sneakwa Martin Green, star of... Star Trek Discovery, the worst television program ever created. Um, shout out to no one out there who watched it. I uh, I, I did <laughs> give an outward laugh when they they act like Michael Jordan's about to come in and it's Michael B. Jordan. That was just pathetic. But like, no child would laugh at that. Who would ever laugh at that under the age of like 13? There are so many jokes in this movie. They did Can't Touch This. Um, yeah. They did jokes this, that This like, movie was made with the intention of like let's make the parents who are watching this with their kids not kill themselves. Have more fun than the kids. I mean, the kids are just going to be distracted with fucking, oh, fucking, you know, video game versions of everything. Oh, Danny DeVito's penguin. Do you think... (laughs) Yeah, the the mask is everywhere. The mask is everywhere. Do you you think... Fucking in his yellow hat. Do children even watch Looney Tunes these days? Absolutely not. Because, like, I don't know, when you go to Great Adventure, there's still Looney Tunes shit fucking everywhere. That's just because it's WB. Like, WB thinks that they are relevant at all times. It's not true. Like, they, they, they've they been blowing it for 20 by, years. By far, the most fun of this movie was not paying attention to the movie and paying attention to the crowd at the pivotal basketball scene. It's to, all I could do. To pick shit out. This movie um, made the, the unwise choice of, after setting up an interesting multiverse, after... Getting us to different worlds that we haven't explored with different characters we wouldn't expect there downshifting into an hour and 40 minute basketball game um in which the background hold on it's dom ball in which the background was every single wb product butt fucking each other um <laughs> being as distracting as humanly imaginable um there's so much wizard of Oz shit going on it's just yeah, wow what a bizarre like wow <laughs> like the last hour of the movie was the game i could not believe it it just was forever um it's honestly like the game in Space Jam One is exceptionally long. Yeah, but it's exceptionally better. Like there, yeah. there, it is made better. It looks better. The crowd is not distracting. I really appreciated the monsters being in the crowd. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, it made me wish for better things. There were cute moments. I just generally found moments. the whole plot regarding his son totally uninteresting, and that was the biggest issue because it's such a crux of everything. And like, the it whole, was the whole movie. The whole idea being that Don Cheadle is like manipulating LeBron James's son into all this shit. When like at any point, LeBron could have just been like, "Hey, here's what's happening," and the kid would be like, "Oh, I'm gonna not play against you." Um, Don Cheadle is a real actor. Don, he has Don an Cheadle. agent. He has oh a manager. People read this script. I'm watching Entourage. I know how this process works. Don Cheadle is canceled. This is Median status. This is worse than any canceling. This is like worse than Harvey Weinstein. Just performance alone. It's exceptionally morally gray. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the computer's black. I mean, the computer was black. And like, and LeBron is like, well, the computer's black. And then they never go back to it. But for real, why was the computer Don Cheadle? 
Yeah, no, I, I don't know. It could have been a computer. Also, it could have like, been anything. With everything existing in this universe, it has to be so that Don Cheadle doesn't exist. Right. Because everyone in the whole movie would be like, well, LeBron <laughs> up front would have been like, the computer's black and it's Don Cheadle, <laughs> yeah. celebrated Academy Award winning actor. Yeah, but you have to suspend that because that's really the case with anything that happens in any movie. In Face Off, they could be like, oh, that's Nick Cage from Vampire's Kiss. Yes, but Face Off doesn't exist in a multiverse of movie properties. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) This was like a lot. Are there any other movies that take place in a multiverse? This would have been like in Ready Ready Player One if Steven Spielberg would have showed up playing a different guy. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, I'm Rob Spiegelman. He would have been like, what? what? Like, who? I was like, oh, so they, you know, I'm 10 minutes in this movie. I'm like, oh, so WB's captured Don Cheadle. Right. <laughs> like, he's being held prisoner in a computer. Yeah. And then I was like, no, this is a different guy, Al G. Rhythm. Yeah, right. And then they, pre- they present us with the Toonverse, and Bugs Bunny's there alone, and he's gone crazy. And I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. interesting. Like, and then Bugs they... Bunny has, like, some pathos. I was like, I wonder what the reasoning is here. And he's like, oh, Don Cheadle took my friends, Doc. Bro, the 15 minutes in the middle of this enormous movie where... Bugs Bunny is alone like Wally on 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 Toon Planet. Yeah. And LeBron swoops in, saves him. Um, He's got and, a porky pig made out of watermelons. And like. then they go around getting uh their friends from the multiverse. That 15 minutes, that's the that's the good movie oh, that yeah. could have existed. The Superman shit. When I say that this movie downshifted into an hour 40 minute long basketball game, the things that it left behind in terms of potential yeah. on my end, because when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is going to suck and be terrible. But the most interesting aspect of it will be them cruising through WB properties, because that's a different idea than Space Jam. Right. Space Jam is more like there's two worlds. Yeah. There's like Looney Tunes world, regular yeah. world. This is like Animaniac status, where it's like yeah. everything that happens in w- in WB's property right. universe is an area to be explored. But OK, let's not lean on that. Let's just make a bunch of people in the background of a basketball basketball game right the penguin well i feel like there was probably a lot more of that written and filmed and then some dick at a studio was like kids don't know more basketball they were like children don't even know what harry potter is at this point you mean lebron in the chamber of secrets yeah as they said in the movie yeah um like like game of thrones like constantly constantly game of thrones all over they're like, well, the HBO Max deal has been great. So yeah, let's, right. Exactly. Let's get Vinny Chase in there fucking a prostitute. Yeah, on like top, HBO on, Max was on like, top of the Iron Giant. HBO Max was like, yeah, you can be here, but all of the movies that we have, we need Kong in there. We need fucking uh, Game of Thrones constantly referenced. Yeah. I would like to see LeBron James as fucking what's what's the blonde woman from Game of Thrones? Daenerys Targaryen. Daenerys. Targaryen. I'd rather watch that than Space Jam 2. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I will say that for all its glaring slap you over the head faults, I at no point was like pissed off I was watching it when we've watched so many movies that I'm just like, I need this to be over right now because I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I like, had to constantly think about this how... This was better than Detective Pikachu. Yeah, but when you come in, when you come in like that, you have to also consider that we have lowered our bar as human beings in a different way than normal people have. So like the average person say in the movie Blues Rental Zone, a place for complete idiots to destroy each other. The worst. Um, that a place like my that. Rant. My God, that place has gone off the fucking rails. A place like that, um, they're giving it all one out of 10, but like they haven't been where we've been. If they listen <laughs> to the podcast, if they have experienced any of these movies that we've gone through, suffered through, 
then maybe they would have a slight perspective shift. But they're still in the world where, like, Space Jam 2, that's bad. One out of ten. Like, absolutely yeah, not. But there were yeah, things all in this of movie. them are like, this didn't make me feel the way that Space Jam 1 made me. It's like, no fucking shit, that's because you're not a five-year-old child. That's the complete idiot's perspective. Yeah, and it's, like, everything that I've been reading. It's an undeveloped perspective. And even the reviews that I've read have... I've felt all come from the wrong place, like, which is the same place every time we talk about one of these movies. It's like, this shit is not for you. That being said, it kind of was with this movie because half the jokes were for 40-year-old man-children. Yeah, they're for fucking 40-year-old man-children who have children, so they don't want to fucking put a goddamn gun in their mouth while they're watching this shit. Yeah, I can see it from that perspective. Um, I thought it was more innocent and noxious than it's been made out to be. Um, in terms of toxicity, this is like not cats. You know what I mean? Like, no. This is not um, something that this I is suffered not through. having a Pokemon who like fucks another Pokemon and or whatever the fuck happened in. People love that movie, damn. That careful. movie sucks balls, dude. <laughs> I talked to some people. Love that little detective man. You watch. It. I had a friend over the other day um, on Friday night who I hadn't seen in several years. And he found out we had a podcast. He was asking me about it a lot. And he was like, so what was like, what did, what have you seen recently? Like, what recent movies have you done? And I was like going through the list. And I was like, Detective Pikachu. He's like, oh, that was fucking great. And I was like, we gave it a zero out of ten. It was the worst. Did we? <laughs> we should have had Jay Cohn on this episode since there's so much goddamn advertising in it. I know. Shout out. Rick and Morty was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rick. Rick and Morty sure was. Dude, there was so much shit just <laughs> popping up. They were just... Rick I was Bo- so goddamn Bro, stimulated by shit being me, thrown at me. Me too, but then it became this basketball game. I'm telling you, like, that that stretch of the movie, like, make, like, a direct-to-your-streaming-service-HBO-Max show about the serververse. Right. Where just, like, shit is going on in the serververse. That is, like, one of the greatest, most, like, meta-self-serving things you could possibly do. This was, like... Kind of like something that you could tell had a been rewritten over a hundred thousand times, times. Um, and 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 you you can tell that because there are jokes in it that seem written by a guy in 1997. Yeah, Yosemite Sam as Rick from Casablanca. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was, was that for my great granddad. That, <laughs> that joke was written while they were doing the first draft before Space Jam One came out. Yeah, I mean, wow. Um, because that was during the era when Tiny Toons was constantly making Casablanca references. They were really going for everything that they could. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? At Literally all, at all times. I was like racking my brain trying to think of a WB property that was not touched upon. And every time I would think of one, it would show up 10 times over in the next five minutes. Personal favorite Easter egg for me okay. was when they said, we're going to the DC verse. And I was like, oh my God, please don't let this be Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder's going to show up like, to start fucking I was like, dude, if, if we go down there and Batman's branding Lola Bunny. <laughs> but when they did get there, it was the Tim, um, Bruce Tim era, um, Batman the Animated yeah. Series era, Superman's Metropolis from Superman the Animated Series. It included... A uh, quick shot of Jimmy Olsen. Um, you saw Superman himself. It was both amazing for me to see fully realized with like a $200 million budget, but also deeply upsetting in some ways. It was very bittersweet because it's just further proof that DC can do that animation style perfectly, right. but outwardly chooses to outsource everything to Japan to look like absolute shit. Yeah. And it was like embarrassing. It was just I, like, I kind wow, of enjoyed guys. the idea of uh, them entering that universe and LeBron coming to as Robin. 
Yeah, that was that was the movie studio heads who have to demasculate black men in black uh, led movies. You know this whole theory. Yes. Um, where they, you know, Barry Gordy like told Tupac he had to suck his dick, and like all these horrifying stories yeah. about how black men in Hollywood have to wear dresses and be emasculated in, in one way or another. And this was for sure that they were like, he he can be in the Batman universe, but we're not ready for a, a black man to actually See, be playing Batman in our movie. I was kind of seeing it as LeBron being like, I'm highly uncomfortable with how much of this movie leans into me being awesome. And oh, I don't think he thought need- that once. <laughs> I think they probably cut half the shit. He's like, now I'm going to talk about my favorite cereal that I represent. <laughs> they're like, LeBron, there could not be more ads in this movie. This is supposed to be a scene between you and your son. He's like, hold on, I got to go live on TikTok. <laughs> that man is a... Bro, the first 15 minutes of this movie where they are describing LeBron James is like as if Napoleon himself had shown up and it's and or we're singing the praises of Julius Caesar. He's a fucking basketball player. And beyond that, they don't, you know, I don't know much about LeBron James. He's a really James. good basketball player. I don't give a fuck about that. I mean, beyond the realm of basketball, the man is on not on par with Michael Jordan. Doesn't matter. Um, he's not as cool. He won't be remembered as well. Um, no, Michael and he Jordan didn't, he didn't get his fitting. father killed. Or anything cool. <laughs> LeBron James is a very safe character. Oh, yeah. Both in this movie and what I would assume to be in reality. And for that reason, there's something just so, like, artificial and just, like, his character in the movie is very much like, like, ain't nobody having fun. Like, this is about work. Like, everything's about work. And it seemed as if, like, that's maybe not a, a far cry. Because then, like, when he is actually having fun in the movie, it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that kind of shit, (laughs) that kind of shit didn't land as well as him yelling at his kids. Right. Like from an acting perspective, I was like, oh, he's very good at yelling at his children. This makes sense. And then when he was all like, "Woo, this fun, like, let's do it. Like, um, that kind of shit, it didn't land so well with me. I just felt like, um, he's just a money making machine. He's more of the new generation of sports players that I would argue knowing nothing about sports are better or tantamount, you know, maybe as good at the game, but are just less charismatic and memorable than the athletes that we grew up with. A lot of those guys were able to have more of a character because it took less, I think, to get into those positions. Whereas these days, there are so many young, like, black athletes that are all vying for the same spots that the dudes who win aren't particularly the guys that would be best in a comedy movie. You know what I mean? I could talk about what has happened to athletes in terms of their image for an entire podcast. Go off, King. You want me to turn the Jeopardy thing back on? No, it's just (laughs) there's there's a lot to unpack there because it's happened throughout all sports. Am I on to something? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it it has to do with a very, very, very dramatic increase in the marketability of sports and the need for people to be a brand versus just a dude on a field. Like in in baseball, you see it like in the 80s and the 90s, there were villains in baseball. And that was when the highest paid baseball player made $10 million a year. Now you have guys making 40 fucking million dollars a year just on the field as a in addition to all their endorsements and they have entire teams who are there to protect their image. Everything is about the image. Right. There's no real like feuding in sports interpersonally. Right. There's no like violence. Everything is all the sports have had rule changes to to tamper down on their being characters. It's all just go play your sport. And then you have this entire other cultural 
factor where athletes had the audacity to start speaking up politically and then half of the country is like, just play a game, you play a kid's game, even though I've fucking set up my entire week around watching you play the kid's game and own your jersey, don't open your mouth, just play a game, you high-paid fucking monkey. Like, it's just like, all there aren't any non-vanilla sports personalities because the only ones who have negative brands are the ones who get arrested for like beating right. up their wives. And I would argue that all of this bled into this movie and bled into LeBron's charisma or lack thereof compared to Michael Jordan's. Like for me, it's not line delivery because I don't think any athlete professional is going to deliver his lines well. Um, it's about using them in a certain way that exploits the humor, gets the character that you want out of it. Um, people Athletes like, are hilarious on Entourage with regularity. Right, but like they're laughing at themselves in a way too. Like there is a good a good reasonability to say that when you take a pro athlete and have them do serious things, that's where the cracks start to show. Michael Jordan didn't get the chance to do that in Space Jam 1 because he wasn't dealing with much. This one, it's a family drama. Right. It's like very like personal and raw and like opens with a flashback to his mother yeah. talking to him as a child. Well, well, that's how Space Jam 1 starts as well, is Michael Jordan with his father. Okay, fair enough. But like, wasn't that like a thing that, you know, like Michael Jordan and his father being like a fabled relationship that seemed like more relevant. This it's, seems... it's the same thing with LeBron that he came up from like a poor single mother who couldn't go see him play basketball. It's the same thing. Space Jam wasn't about that, though, in my opinion. No, not like this was about his relationship with his kids and the cycle of abuse from his parents on down to his children. Right. Like this Is, was a are more there s- any movies with a good black father. <laughs> <laughs> besides like the pursuit put, of happiness put a pin in that but yes there are many dan <laughs> this this is dan lyons <laughs> speaking to you now i'm saying it's a problem oh n- that in okay. a movie that's this widely marketed that even still the most vanilla marketed marketable athlete that they could find they still had to make him be a shit father I know it was bizarre. It just it felt and make that be the crux of the movie. Like that's LeBron's brand now is that he's a shitty dad. Yeah, <laughs> and mean and to his kids. For those who haven't seen the movie, like the crux is that he wants one of his children named Dom. No relation again to the Fast and Furious franchise that I know of. I did not look up trivia. Um, but Dom um wants to go to E three camp because he's a game designer, yeah. whereas um, LeBron wants him to go to basketball camp. And LeBron treats him pretty, like, cold-heartedly um, about it and is very, like, standoffish and rude about it to his son, very dismissive of, like, what his son wants to do, even though in what world do, like, pro athletes need their kids to also be pro athletes? I don't know if that's always the case. Like, yeah. And especially it's also, like, the days. shit that he spits at his kid is, like, he's regurgitating the lines that his coach it's not like he's passing down like the abuse that his parents gave to him it's like his his, his, his basketball o- abuse. his overreaching coach it's like a whiplash situation when he's a kid but his coach is fucking uh what's his face i haven't seen it one, don't know the reference one of the dudes from uh from the wire and his coach is like well i'm just hard on you because i need you to be great and like cut to fucking 40 years later lebron james's kids are on their own private basketball court and lebron's just fucking harassing his kid his his kid is like hey dad check it out i built a nicer video game 
than any mainstream video game that anyone releases. And his dad's like, fuck you, you gotta play ball. He's like, why aren't you balling? Yeah. What's this got to do with the ball? As if he doesn't already have another son who's demonstrably competent at basketball. I know. Like, why does he need both of his children to play basketball? It's, it's so fucking loony. His wife is like, hey, man, can you just like... He's like, can you talk to your son about something besides basketball? And he's like, like what? <laughs> um, LeBron is a bad dad and doesn't really transfer to being like hyped up like that. I've pulled all the soundboard samples from <laughs> LeBron till very late into the film. Um, his his lesson in this movie is to learn to have fun, yeah, which is that's, sad. It's the entire crux of everything is that LeBron James can't have fun anymore. Like, the dude has for sure spent a lifetime having his fun. Yeah, has tons of fun. He's like, I made all the money in the universe, and I'm sad I don't have fun. It's like, bro, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> you're like literally, you breathe money. Like, you're good. And, like, I'm sure you've had a good weekend. Like, fuck off. Like, it's, it's a whole movie in which, like, Le LeBron mistreats his kids and spends the whole time, like, whining about, like, just it being too, st like, his job is so yeah, serious. he's, like, like bullying the Looney Tunes. Like, ima like imagine, he if, was, yeah. imagine if Space Jam 1 was just, like, two hours of Michael Jordan just bitching out Bugs Bunny. Shaming Bugs Bunny's work ethic. <laughs> yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, bizarre angle. Um, And I know why they did it, because, um, and this is the trend so much anymore, is that... Um, every single American large tentpole movie needs to be about family dysfunction. It's yeah. like it, it's written into the DNA of um, big Hollywood productions. Family, at this point. family is like this overwrought theme that just never fucking stops in these kinds of movies. And I just felt like the first Space Jam had more fun with itself. This one felt like a battle, and yeah. was just like the vibe was off. It was, it was also very strange to me how everyone needed to have their teeth pulled like all of the tunes needed to have their teeth pulled to participate in this like intergalactic space jam as if like they've never <laughs> done this before and they're like how are we gonna win a basketball game against an uneven opponent it's like dude you fucking your only career in the 90s was fucking making an entire movie about that and you win and then they try to you reference they're like, it. they're like, this sounds familiar. It's like, but then an hour later, they're like, how are we going to come back from a 900 point lead? It's like, remember that entire movie where you did that? <laughs> the, uh, the pivotal issue with this movie in terms of its reception, I feel, is that realistically, this movie does achieve a lot stylistically that is interesting but we live in a world where it's not impressive right because when i was a kid when i saw space jam like i had seen who framed roger rabbit and my fucking brain fell out of my skull <laughs> but then i saw space jam and it was like that ratcheted up to a thousand i was like this is unfucking believable i've never seen anything like this whereas Kids are totally desensitized to CG, to integration of properties. Like, this is... It, it doesn't hold the same cultural weight that it did then. So there's nothing to anchor this. Right. You can't anchor this on, like, this is a revolution of cinema. <coughs> so they tried to anchor it on, look how many properties we have. Yeah. And it, it, can't, it can't possibly land the same way because there's nothing to do with a child's movie that can. Well, that and also how many times they went out on a limb to make, like, really stupid and really ridiculous references. Notorious P.I.G. It was a lot of, uh, like, just really was, embarrassing That was shit. a problem. <laughs> that was, like, the Son of the Mask rap song. Yeah. A little better. 
Son of the Mask rap song was fucking petrifying. <laughs> I mean, just like it was like literally riddled my body. Like um, this, this was cringy to the max. It was basically a parody on Eight Mile. Um, <laughs> I don't know who they're they're pitching to with that. And uh, Porky Pig started rapping. He's like, blah, 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 I'm notorious P.I.G., bitch. It was bad. <laughs> that was a cringe fucking funeral to watch. Um, other than that, there was nothing. You could have heard a fucking pin drop in my house yeah. during that. Other than that, there wasn't anything that stood out as being like totally out of line. Um, Sarah Silverman's just a terrible actress. Just marketing stuff bothered me. Yeah. Like when LeBron James landed in the ground in the shape of a Nike logo. <laughs> yes. I found that particularly upsetting, Dan. Yeah, that was... And the way that everything is shaped like the Warner Brothers logo yeah. everywhere. And also it's like we're in a post-Ready Player One world. Right. Where, which like, did this idea Which did so this much times better. a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> and did it so much And looked better. so much better. Yeah. It's sure. like, you know, when I watched that, I was pretty impressed by... And, and engaged by, let's see how many references I can fucking squeeze out of this by peeking for Easter eggs. Know, Whereas this got, like, exhausting. I know this is, like, a complete guess, but I would wager $1,000 that without Ready Player One, they would not have made this movie the same way. They, yeah. they saw that as, like, the roadmap to selling yeah, that shit. that is the gold standard. When that the purpose of Ready Player One's iconography is not to sell fucking garbage. It's to double down on the universe and the ideas that they created and they did so in a way that was earned and makes sense because like even now in in 2021 i have been playing a new game um on playstation where you can play other people's game designs it's called dreams yeah made um, by the creators of little big planet oh is it yep i never fucked around with little big planet my favorite platformer and the, I don't the new one, Sackboy, best platform I've ever played. Oh, yeah, I've heard Sackboy is good. Yeah, I've been trying to get you to get it so we can all play together, all four of us. Is it's that, all co-op. That's online, though? Yeah, oh, okay. we can all play together. It's Let's great. Do a little sacking with you. Yeah, we've already beaten it, but I'll play again. I don't know why I started talking about dreams. Because uh, you were playing other people's levels. <laughs> <laughs> um... Much like uh, LeBron James was playing Dom's levels. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for pulling me out of that one. Um, <laughs> Style uh, points. Um, there's no Posterized. <laughs> <laughs> as, as if NBA Street hasn't existed for 25 fucking years. That's unreal. They're like, LeBron is like, wait, this is like cartoon basketball? This ain't real. He's like, yeah, I added some little flavor points. It's like, bro, we were children playing a game that that was the entire crux of. NBA Jam even existed 20 years before that. I want to talk about some... There was a fire NBA Jam reference at one point. I want to talk about some messaging issues with this one. Like black dads being absent? That is a problem for sure that, you know, somebody should make a phone call about. But they set up a world in this movie in which when he was a child, LeBron James was handed a Game Boy. Um... (laughs) (laughs) He played the Game Boy for maximum four and a half seconds. That's (laughs) that's what I would say is the the estimated time on screen that he played the game. He played the Space Jam video game. And in doing so, screwed up the basketball game. And his coach called him out immediately. He was like, your head's not in the game, Riggs. The messaging being that video game's bad, while the rest of the movie being that video video games are amazing. No, the rest of the movie being a video game. Yeah. Um, so 
LeBron uh, realizes that the four seconds of video game uh, that he played completely took his virginity and destroyed his life. Yeah. So they cut to him having thrown the Game Boy in the garbage. Um, thus, kicking off an entire lifetime of prejudice towards video games, <laughs> which he then uses to abuse his own son who wants to be a video game right. designer. This was kind of the whole... As if like, he hasn't been screen captured for every fucking b- basketball video game for the last two decades. This is the classic situation of... Um, like uh, the dad, you know, um, looking at pictures um, um, from a Playgirl magazine, getting caught by his friends, being beaten up, and then having a gay son himself 40 years later uh, beating up uh, for uh, dancing to Shania Twain in his room. Um, that are, is, you, are you speaking from experience? No, I just feel personal. like no, I just feel like this is a good flowing analogy for okay. the way that they portrayed. It sound highly specific. <laughs> the way that they portrayed LeBron James in this movie. Um, as, why, why is your eye twitching? As it's a lack of vitamins. Um, uh, and there's a taco lodged in my throat. We'll talk about that on next week's episode. <clears throat> Stay tuned for that. It's gonna be face off. Spoiler alert. Um, LeBron James then as an adult um, is disappointed with his son's choice to be, I mean, to play video games or to make video games and um, wants to send him to a conversion, a.k.a. basketball camp. Um, (laughs) This analogy is working so good. Fuck you. It's amazing. Uh, I won't even do the Mila Jovovich laugh sample because it's that good. Um, And... um, (laughs) um, and um, yeah, the, <laughs> the long and short of it is Do the, sample. Uh, the long and short of it is that um, LeBron James, quote bad dad, is now <laughs> passing down his like video game shame onto <laughs> his child, who's deeply damaged by all of it, and um, the kid is like. LeBron, please let me be myself. I know you're a king, but like, please let me do my thing. And LeBron's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's pretty much the crux of the movie is that like LeBron not only ends up learning to have fun um, because like his his attitude on the outset is that he's very serious about his work, but doesn't want to like get into fun and like that just read is very like. I don't like sand. <laughs> just feel like he was just finding anything to complain about at that point and ultimately treats his son like absolute shit because he wants to do his own thing and play video games and by the end of the movie learns that that's not a bad thing even though this kid regardless of circumstance will end up a multi multi-millionaire never mind the fact that this kid's video game that he designed almost led to like the enslavement of humanity and the death of LeBron James like he's oddly accepting of the monster he's created. I'm just wondering about, like, in-universe, is Warner Brothers going to have to pay for any of these crimes? Right. <laughs> like, Warner well, Brothers... Well, that brings me to um, a running theme on this podcast and my general distaste for movies throughout my entire life <laughs> is... I'd say the thing I consistently complain about the single most is people getting dropped into just mind-blowing, mind-shattering situations and adapting to it unbelievably quickly right such as like the entirety of jupiter ascending of her being told that like actually earth is like a plaything for like millennia old uh space creatures and she rightfully owns the world and she's like oh cool i've never seen a movie more egregiously do that than this where every person gets zapped into this fucking 
uh, <sighs> algorithms. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have to. We're gonna spend the. We're gonna spend and, the rest of the episode talking about this. Okay. Uh, okay, and like they're all just like <laughs> instantly ready to cheer on a basketball game. The announcers are all like, right, "Where? Okay. Where is? The, where are we? Okay, <laughs> looks like we're commentating. Of like, dude." You'd just have people screaming. It would be blood-curdling screams everywhere. The setup is... I'd be like, LeBron, what have you done? The setup is that after having dragged LeBron and his son into the video game multiverse world, Don Cheadle's ultimate plan is to suck in anyone who is watching the live stream of the game, which has been announced through LeBron's Twitter. Right. Um, and the basic conceit is that anyone watching is going to get sucked into the world. So let's do rough estimate. A million and a half people maybe would have to get sucked in immediately yeah into this it's a thing. lot of people now as i mentioned before um this basketball game is an hour and 40 minutes long but in movie time i would assume it's way longer right um so uh, also from a venue perspective i was upset about this <laughs> because this venue fucking can comfortably hold king kong it's fine no, it's not that. It's that the there's no vantage points. Like, <laughs> right. like so this venue <laughs> it's where not this an basketball, amphitheater. right? So in the first Space Jam, it's there are a thousand people watching, but they're like up high, and everybody can see yeah, the game like a normal they're in a basketball stadium, a normal basketball stadium. <laughs> what it would have taken to just have a stadium in this world and everybody on the outside, big screens. I mean, this all comes down to a guy on his computer making these images either way. Right. So when you're designing these images of millions of people in on this intergalactic basketball game, at least put them in a place where they can see the fucking game. Because like what you are saying, right, where once all these people get beamed in, they'd freak the fuck out, right? They'd be like, okay, I'm in, I'm in WB Warner Brothers cartoon world. That's terrifying. There's monsters everywhere. Dude, what? Some of them are firefighters on the job. On like the job. on their way to yep. fucking fight a fire and probably save a child. And if Imagine you go to work and you peek something on your phone real quick and all of a sudden you're sucked into this fucking basketball game which i know how you would react to being dragged to any basketball game but imagine this one where i throw up you're fucking confronted with like <laughs> you're sucked into a situation you see king kong yeah you see the mask you'd yes. be you'd be like i got hit by a car and just died yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and the thing is like when you have that million and a half people that have been sucked in uh, again cut to like an operating table where like a doctor is like his patient is bleeding out on the operating table because he's been sucked into the Space Jam game. Right. Like all these people are there and they again, as I mentioned, more importantly, cannot see the basketball game that they have been sucked <laughs> into. Like the amount of craziness that would go on, and yet every time we see the crowd, they're just like, Yeah, yeah like, you, you, you emphasize that they took the time to cast the entirety of his family with real actors. Right. And they arrive after being essentially kidnapped, mm -hmm. and they're just like Hey, Braun, you gonna win this ball game? Like, right away. It's insane. They're like, do the slam dunk, King. Dude, his wife arrives over the loudspeaker, basically immediately hears, like, we're gonna kill LeBron James <laughs> or LeBron James's son, depending on who wins this. And she's like, you gotta win, Braun! <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the most terrifying image in this movie. <laughs> Of all the harrowing things that they made you uh, swallow, one of which was, um, as you find out, which characters are embedded in which multiversal planets um, throughout the WB multiverse. They go to Austin Powers world and they, and they <laughs> see that Sylvester, that. who obviously has some kind of kink of being Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> yeah. Like his choice of all the WB properties was to be Mr. Bigglesworth yeah. and just be like petted nude 
and it just felt that felt weird. Yeah, and I kept flashing back with all the Game Boy talk to uh, I used to play the Austin Powers Game Boy game mm-hmm. as a kid, and every time you would turn it off, or every time you would die, it was the, one of the hardest games I've ever played. And every time you died, um, through the little Game Boy speaker would go, "No, Mr. Bigglesworth!" Oh my god! And I was just flashing back to that the entire time. And there was, dude, in the background of the fucking space station, there was like fat bastard there. There was fucking Doctor <laughs> Evil. <laughs> like, it's so fucking bizarre seeing all these iconic characters yeah. being played by not the actor. Yeah, especially the mask. No, well, the mask was not really because his face is so covered, but like, especially uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. Yeah, that guy did not. That guy looked like he was one fourth the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and it was so off. Like, it just was. Oh, so weird seeing, like, yeah, I spent... Danny oh, DeVito's Penguin, like... Yeah, I was just Danny like, DeVito's still alive. Yeah. Just pay him. Uh, yeah, uh, no, they didn't pay anyone. <laughs> Bro, they had it in this. I know, I know. Like, Pennywise was everywhere. He was all over it, because they just made so much money from this. <laughs> right. Um. Oh, God. So, yeah, I mean, I was getting, like, eye-gouged by many things in the audience during all those scenes, Um. but nothing was more eye-gouging than Don Cheadle's final form in this movie. Yeah. It was kind of like The Rock in The Mummy Returns, where... I don't understand the reference. Oh my god, dude. That's disgusting. Fuck you. The Rock was in The Mummy? It was his first movie, The Mummy Returns. Uh, I thought... It's not The Scorpion King? Spun off into The Scorpion King films. The Scorpion King is a spin-off of The Mummy. Correct. Okay. There's five of those. I've never seen any of the above. You don't need to, except for The Mummy. The Mummy 1 is fantastic. I can't believe you haven't seen that. It's so good. That's like a VHS... Can't you, though? Kids Age staple. A great movie. Mm. Um, Anyway. um, I prefer Bedazzled Brandon Fraser. No. um, (laughs) (laughs) I prefer bedazzled Liz Hurley, that's for sure. Hard save. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, um, during the basketball game, Don Cheadle, like, after realizing he's losing and loses Dom, he morphs into, like, a super-sized CGI version of himself. Yeah. Where he turns into, like, a, a Monstars-sized basketball player. Which, if that was an option all along, just do that. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't participate. Instead of turning WNBA players into snakes. He just wanted to run around going, hoo-ah, the whole yeah. time. Which is, <laughs> like, pretty much all he did. I love how they put, like, token WNBA players in and then immediately turn them into, like, beasts. I, I hated that whole aspect of the movie that they, unlike in the genius of the first one, where you got to see Charles Barkley after a fucking lobotomy. Yeah. This one, they didn't put the real actors who were playing the other ball players in at all. Right. And that I found extremely annoying because I don't know who any, not a single one of those other people were. You don't know who Kevin Durant is? Never heard of him. Okay. And and they were like, here are all these other players. And I felt like pauses in the audio even for like someone to yeah, clap, clap out there. But <laughs> it wasn't clap. me. Please clap. And I was like, are these real people? You're not going to show a picture of them. You're not going to show them at all. I mean, it and showed then, them during a montage of him doing the face scans with his high tech cell phone. And then I heard their voices and i was like these are pro athletes yeah for sure <laughs> yeah who cannot act and then lebron james made fun of one of their eyebrows yeah. when he himself like was a- basically avoiding ten thousand jewish writers who reworked this script from making a, a hair transplant yeah. joke <laughs> they like, probably filmed 18 different very calm introductory hair transplant jokes and he'd shut them all down totally. i was like absolutely not. also correct me if i'm wrong 
Um, I have a very distinct recollection from my childhood of owning a Lola Bunny doll and having her do very naughty things with my Red Ranger doll. Yeah. And same. Going out of my way to jerk to, off to methodically undo the stitching of her jersey to oh. see what was going on under there. Whoa! Um, this is this is our first cancellation coming. I was hot. I was four. I was <coughs> feeling Lola Bunny. It was making me feel feelings. Okay. And I wanted to see what was going on there. Yeah. The point being that Lola Bunny was a busty character. That's what I'm getting at. Yes. In this film. Yes. Not so. Yeah, I mean, it's been the topic of many articles for the past year. See, basically. as always, I have avoided all press and all trailers leading up to this. Movie. So this almost sounds like a bit. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's been a huge fucking problem. <laughs> People uh, went absolutely insane when they... Did they? Yep, when they showed the first image of Lola Bunny, the internet went fucking insane. And was basically like, you've like dewomanized her completely. And they were like, this is what little girls want, is a Lola Bunny who's barely a woman. And they listened. <laughs> because that's... What all kids want is the most neutral, yeah. safe, balanced, racially correct, socially, politically, every pronoun included entertainment. Wonder Woman has a chest in this movie. She does, but she's animated and voiced not by Gal Gadot. That was like a, a bad impersonation as well. I thought I'm, that was odd. I they, mean, Gal it's G funny that their biggest properties currently, they could not afford to actually no, put in. No, but they movie. have fucking like justice league cartoons and shit on like cartoon network and shit that aren't fucking voiced by gal gadot like yeah but this was gal like gadot's wonder woman there there was a scene that was taken from the first scene of wonder woman 1984 and oh. the soundtrack is the wonder woman theme music from all the new wonder woman movies. wouldn't know wouldn't watch that trash well we are just educating ourselves today aren't we dan <laughs> with facts from both sides of the lane that neither of us gives a shit about. i mean with the way they were shoehorning in fucking antiquated references i'm surprised they didn't have adam west voice batman yeah you know batman was in this movie for a couple seconds and then a lot of seconds at the basketball game bro they even had at the basketball game the guy who holds the stereo for Jack Nicholson's Joker. I know. Just dancing I around know. with the stereo. It was amazing. I was like, deep, that was, deep cut. Kevin that Smith was the crying. One. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Smith in shambles right now. That was the one that I made a note of, because I was like, yo! Um, that was dope. I, I was shocked that they allowed Yosemite Sam to have guns in this picture. I mean, I was shocked that Speedy Gonzalez was in it at all. I know, me too. When he popped up, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, uh-oh, hide the kids. Yeah, something. This, uh, is, this is for the Fast and Furious crowd. So then I thought for sure that they were going to like not do a Mexican voice and not have him be like, ah, adios mio. N no? You thought, you know how much bigger that freak out would be if they toned him down? I thought he was going to say nothing. I'll tell you who wasn't in this movie, Dan. <laughs> Who's that? That's Pepe Le Pew. That's fair. Uh, he was determined to be too... What's the best word here? Um, Non-consensual. Too fancy with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have I have no qualms. I saw a lot of people flipping out on the internet when like Pepe Le Pew got canceled. That seemed fair to me. It's yeah, an unsavory character. He had it coming for sure. Also, generally, like one of the more boring aspects of the show. <laughs> That's why they got rid of him. Who cares about French? Uh, in terms of deep cuts from the show, um, 
what I appreciated the most was what they had to say about certain of their characters in this movie that I don't know have showed up in the show or not. But like there was a moment in which, oh, I don't know, like a multiversal planet was about to smash into the Toon planet or something to that effect. And in the last moment, as all the characters are pretty much preparing to die and be ripped to shreds, um, they don't even pan over. You can just see it in the corner of the frame. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner embracing each other like lovers, like melancholia. Really? Like, like their expression, it's like a two or three second moment. Their expression is like looking into each other's eyes, like realizing that they've loved each other all along and like embracing as they know they're about to die. Wow. And it was powerful. You could barely see it. I just happened to be looking over at it and was like, whoa. That's funny because my favorite moment of the basketball scene was the super, super, super slow-mo scene where Roadrunner gets tied up and put on Wiley Coyote's plate and his pupils just turn into like fucking like he ate four rolls just like by having the Roadrunner tied up and served to him on a platter. That's dinner rolls we're talking about. Pillsbury dinner rolls. The softest dinner roll. <laughs> Do you, have a, do you have an ad queued up? No, I haven't been emailing other companies in the multiverse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Pillsbury universe. Pil- Pil- Pillsbury. Where there's always things on pans right outside of the oven. <laughs> <laughs> Pillsbury dinner rolls are really like the secret escapes of like the prepackaged roll industry. Dan, you, uh, before I forget about it, you know uh, what we should do one time as an episode is watch like new commercials and like um live commentate to them i've been watching a lot of commercials on hulu recently yeah. and then the amount of nightmare fuel that's being injected they into current insane, real advertising is I would unreal love that. have you i think shout out jake on dude liberty mutuals commercials are so fucking the boomer out ones have you seen the? Is that the bo- the boomer ones where they're like, "Don't become your parents"? Have you seen those? I haven't seen that. Those are incredible. I think I was telling you about the one that. Um, I think I might have talked about it on the podcast where the guy instead of a hot dog stand, it's a wet teddy bear stand. I don't remember that. And he's just like, "Get your wet, get your wet teddy bears, a hundred percent wet, guaranteed wet, and the next one's on me." <laughs> and like some Indian dude walks up to him and gets handed a wet teddy bear on a dinner roll, and is like, "You don't sell hot dogs?" He's like, no, only wet teddy bears. <laughs> it's so fucking out there. Like commercials have become so goddamn postmodern. I know, I know. We need to like review some somehow. Do like a commercial side piece. Dude, I'm down. They are wild. Um, speaking of commercials, Space Jam 2, <laughs> a new yeah. legacy sponsored by thousands of different things. Sponsored by everything. Yeah. Um, this was a stinker, but not in the way that I would say you shouldn't watch it. Not in the way that I would say that I wouldn't like catch a couple minutes of it again. It was good on the eyes. At times, very bad on the eyes. Yeah. Um, the, the CGI in this movie was top notch. There was a lot of good mixed media. I didn't appreciate um lebron's looney tunes form i found it vaguely racist (laughs) um but other than that lots of good worlds cgis i just really liked oftentimes in cgi movies featuring animals the fur always looks really weird yeah it wasn't so bad the fur looked great i thought bugs bunny looked way the fuck off when he turned cgi everybody else i thought looked great bugs bunny looked even more off in the weird voice coming out of him it was like this is this is wrong this thing is wrong yeah, we gotta get a team together, Doc. Little Bunny should have been stacked. Why was why was Bugs Bunny so Jewy in this movie? He was so weird. 
It was bizarre, dude. His performance was way off. I think we're going to lose, Doc. He's like, we're going to lose, Doc. <laughs> They're like, thanks. Dude, and Daffy Duck's voice was awful. Just yeah. awful. You, you would think that would be something they would put attention to in a Space Jam yeah. movie. They'd be like, the only real voice we have in this movie um, is uh, like semi-disabled because he has giganticism. We should probably <laughs> get uh, real voices in here to clean this up, and they chose not to. So thanks, WB. I've heard Frank Caliendo do a Yosemite Sam impression right. miles ahead of this Yosemite Sam. I think all the money went to Don Cheadle's outfits in this movie. <laughs> very, very smart suits. It was like Max Headroom with Don Cheadle also, versus Also, who, who the fuck is watching a Space Jam movie looking for a Mad Max scene? That was the most... <laughs> they were like literally throwing darts at that point. The kids in the audience like, what's Fury Road? I mean... What's Cat. human trafficking? Cat was like, what is this reference? And yeah, I was like, out, Rachel's seen it, and she probably didn't and even remember. I was like, it's Mad it. Max. And she's like, the Mel Gibson movie from the 80s? And I was like, no, the new one. She's like, I didn't know there was a new one. Like, I'm like, that makes sense. Less of that, more of LeBron James dressed as Harry Potter. Yeah, was, that was I amazing. Was feel, he, was like, he was like, Hufflepuff, I knew it. She's like, I knew it. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was pretty great, funny. dude. That was awesome. <laughs> Good movie. All right, Dan, should we move on to ratings for 2022's Space Jam? A Tron Legacy. A Tron Legacy. Yeah. Space Jam, A Tron Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. That tracks. That's an episode title. Should we do ratings? Sure. How many uh, golden jams do you give? How many golden jams? How many golden basketballs? How many golden domballs do you give? How many dresses black actors are made to wear in Hollywood and movies do you give this? Um, so, I didn't really love that movie, but I did go back to discover that I gave the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, like, a 6.8 like, or something. Ugh, or 6.5. Is it here? I don't know. Sonic. Sonic, you gave it a 6. Point... No. You gave it a seven. Okay. Disgusting. Shame on you. And I gave it a 5.5. Okay. I... Oh, I guess I have to make this better than that, right? I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. But, like, I'm not... At the same time, I don't want to give this movie more than a seven. Like... Okay. I... I feel like all the vitriol towards this movie is totally undeserved. And no one was going to be satisfied they tried to make this movie also be for you but ultimately the goal of these movies is to sell toys (laughs) to children yeah not to you (laughs) not to get you to go to mcdonald's and buy a happy meal to get a space jam a new legacy toy you don't know somebody could have gone out there and bought a new copy of casablanca after this yeah it's for children and if I was a kid who was totally enthralled with fucking DC cartoons and Harry Potter, I would have had a blast in this movie. By no means is it Space Jam 1. Fair. But what is? Space Jam 1. <laughs> yeah, so I'm... And to a greater extent, who, who framed Roger Rabbit? I am going... And, and yet again, I didn't not enjoy myself throughout this movie. I was not actively angry during any point. Besides any time I heard Bugs Bunny's voice, I thought that was very bizarre. Mm-hmm. But I found it entertaining. I wasn't upset that I watched it. I didn't finish and be like, wow, fuck that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give this movie like a 7.1. 
everyone on the rental zone crying about it. Like, you really need to get the fuck over yourselves. You're a 30-something-year-old man having a complete meltdown about Space Jam, a new legacy, predominantly streaming on HBO fucking Max. Like, okay. We're not in the same place where we are with movies. We're not in the same place where basketball is in the same cultural lexicon as the 1996 Chicago Bulls. It's not the same thing. Sure. It's fucking LeBron James. He's already the most marketed fucking person on the planet. Just leave it alone. It's a kid's movie. Everyone needs to stop. This kid's movie bracket on the rental zone has brought out Mm -hmm. the worst in all of you. Terrible. I'm so, so, so disappointed in myself for doing this. They are kids' movies. I steep to my final low. Doesn't matter. Think about the shit you liked as a child. <laughs> Think it, about what kids like now. Even, it, even if you more saw so. Power Rangers for the first time right now, you'd be like, "This is fucking nonsense." <laughs> because it is. Because when you're yeah. a child, you're a fucking moron. To that point, as a children's film, I would say that this is a good one. Um, it instills somewhat decent morals in whatever way that it can when it's not shaming video games, which I think is ridiculous. Um, that being said, I have to review it as a fully grown adult who is trying to keep some kind of sense to his ratings and in terms of what he's given out on this podcast is for that reason that the best I can do for you on this one is a 4.9. So you think this was, uh, almost a whole rating bet worse than Sonic. I'm actually changing my Sonic rating to a zero. <laughs> Give me one second. Jim Carrey gets a zero. Oh, okay. All right. So now, Jim you, Carrey, now you're trying to draw out the best Jim, in Sonic. Jim Carrey crushed it in Sonic. All right. I gave Sonic a 5.5 because I was afraid people were liking that movie and it was doing well. Now I'm going to be a little more honest and give it a three. That's about what I thought of that. Completely meritless, completely heartless, stupid Drek for idiots. Whereas what, what this, did you give Detective Pikachu? I don't know, but that should be like a 0.0, honestly. But um, this movie, I kept imagining, because of our many discussions and the rental zone, etc., what I would think if I were a kid. I agree fully with you that if I were a kid watching this movie, I would be like, holy shit, that was awesome. I, even if I didn't know who LeBron James was, I barely knew who Michael Jordan was. I mean, I'm sure I knew he was the greatest basketball player of all time, but like... I don't know the ins and outs of it. And this one um, did a pretty good job at illustrating who that was to an outsider. And I liked how often they criticized LeBron for switching teams. Don't understand the reference. Um, and um, yeah, enjoyable from that point of view. I think that from a film perspective, if you have to go that route, it's way worse than Space Jam. So if it's way worse than space jam the best i would ever give the original space jam would be like a seven so it's got to be way lower than that and um this just was like at times very aware of itself but at other times just reaching for absolutely anything and i would have thought you would have given it like a seven just based on the fucking horrible soundtrack oh god i mean what what makes it worse though is just just the you know the original Space Jam soundtrack being so good. Yeah, but dude, it's going to be playing over this whole episode. You are welcome. The this, original Space Jam soundtrack. This Space Jam Please. movie starts with Ghetto Superstar by Maya. The soundtrack of this movie didn't really do it for me. I like it separated from the movie. I've heard a few of the songs and been like, cool. But in the movie, it just felt very. What the thing that I always describe to you about kids' movies that I don't appreciate anymore, where it's just more pop music than anything composed or interesting or 
emotive, like in scenes with LeBron where he needs to be like having moments with his kid. It's just like little Uzi Vert, like rapping about Benzes. It's just not, <laughs> it's not, it just doesn't land. Like, um, and I don't think any pop music ever lands, honestly, in these kinds of movies. And, um, uh, you know, from a children's movie perspective, there's much better you could show your children. But if your kid is a big fucking nerd who likes like Roblox and has ADHD and like has seen like every <laughs> single thing that's in this movie that, yeah, they'll be losing their mind. To me, a fully grown adult, I found it just very boring because I thought the pacing was completely off and everything interesting in the movie was front loaded. Yeah. And as the movie the went basketball on. The basketball game was so long. The ideas began to become more grading as yeah. they're stretched you know over that period. When I gave this a 7.1, like, I was not thinking about Don Cheadle. That, like, that was it's, rare, it's rare that we watch a movie that completely changes my perception of an actor, whereas in my head, Don Cheadle's, like, an elite Hollywood talent. Yeah. And now forever, first thing I will think of <laughs> will not, no longer be Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's going to be Space Jam A New Legacy in his platinum suits. <laughs> As Al Go Rhythm. Al G Rhythm. <laughs> and it took two hours for someone, for Porky Pig to make a fucking joke about him having no rhythm. Oh, God. Well, yeah. that's restraint, baby. Um, yeah. I, I, I like the self-awareness of this movie. This was bad, but to, to anyone out there that found this to be, like, unwatchable or toxic, like, get a life. Yeah. Have some fun with yourself. I just can't imagine caring enough about... Like, I am someone who carried around my Space Jam coin right. for, like, the entirety of elementary school. And the thought of caring enough about what happens in Space Jam 2 to give it a 1 out of 10, <laughs> I can't wrap my brain around it. Um, that's, you know, I think you'd have to dilute your brain to wrap your brain around it. And we're not willing to do that with anything other than drugs. Like, people are, like, personally fucking offended. Yeah. I, have, I have a friend who actually, this might be the first episode she listens to. It's one of my oldest friends in the world, Ashley, um, who was my first girlfriend. She was obsessed with Space Jam as a kid when we were in middle school and continues to be obsessed with Looney Tunes. And she wrote this scathing review. This Dude, the whole lead up to the release of the movie, she was posting pictures of shit she had set up in her backyard of like Monstars vs. Toon Squad. And then she posted this rant about how awful and fucked the movie is. And what a crime against humanity is. And I was like, it's a fucking kids movie. They're all the worst. You're 30 something. Write this down, kids. Dude, people are taking it personally. Yeah. Like, dude, you are not who Warner Brothers had in mind. Well, there's that crew and then the crew of people who hate LeBron James so much that they hate this movie. Yeah. Which I think is um, yeah, an interesting a, a position to be in. That's a degree of like just like douchebag like masculine assholes right like like okay here's these the thing, are the right? people who are like lebron will never be what mj yeah. was even though like on paper if you look at their stats while i don't agree with it there's an argument to be made that lebron james is the best basketball player of all time like again i've watched them both play don't agree again but that's dan Endon. to fucking make like your opinion of a fucking movie to have that so sunk into your being yes. that like you need to spit vitriol at a children's film sure. because it features who else was going to start in yeah. Space Jam 2? Who did you want who didn't die in a helicopter crash? Or rape anyone. Right, there it is. 
You're welcome. <laughs> Even then, like Kobe was like. Kobe, it would have been weird. Kobe was weird. more of Michael Jordan's contemporary than LeBron is. Like yeah. Kobe was already like done playing. Like LeBron is still. He's not like he's arguably not in his prime, but he's still a superstar. Like there was no one else. Sports as a well, whole I mean, that, is such a diluted medium that there is no cultural phenomenon that exists. The out like LeBron is the biggest athlete in the world. Well, I mean, not if, if, outside of like soccer. If they would have like, went outside of the constraints of basketball, maybe they yeah. could have found a more interesting protagonist. Like if this movie was made in Europe and it was like Lionel Messi, <laughs> we would have been cooking with gas. Sure. That guy seems like a fucking lunatic. I definitely understand the reference. I'm laughing because I know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, 4.9 for me. Um, trash movie made by psychopaths who want <laughs> your money. <laughs> Uh, but ultimately one that tickled me the right way a few times. I, f I found it exceptionally boring at times yeah. where I was falling asleep and it wasn't because I was just hung over. It casino. was boring, but also like I have to give it points for the fact that I didn't have to pay to watch it. I just streamed that's it not, on that's, television. That can't be how art works. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's po not it's points a, for <laughs> points for freedom. It, it's like there are movies that we've watched in the theater like that I've been extra angry because yeah. i paid and drove to a movie theater to see them you know what i i'm not gonna lie i think this movie would have benefited from like a cool imax screening to see all that nonsense in full screen would have been cool i mean if we were in 40x and having like just blown all of never us. doing that again dan uh you're doing it for my birthday for my matrix movie theater birthday party what are they gonna program the matrix for you at the 40x are they not doing the matrix in 40x Oh, oh, The Matrix 4? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. The Matrix 4 comes out my birthday weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Yeah, that's what I'm doing for my birthday is 4DX Matrix. First rental zone event ever. Should we invite everybody? Fuck no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't want to meet any of these people after what's gone down over this children's movie bracket. It's fucking... Who, who's that one asshole with his kid? Oh, boy. Here we go. Yancey. Yancy Yancy Davis, dude. <sighs> well, I'm sure you have strong opinions. I'm sure your daughter had strong opinions about Space Jam. Like we know, and like you know, you think I'm an asshole. That's fine. I gotta I gotta be real here. We don't care about your kid. <laughs> Stop posting pictures of your daughter on the internet on a fucking movie forum where we're constantly talking about weird relationships between daughters and their fathers. <laughs> Anyway, if you listen to even one episode of the podcast, you know that Movie Blues Rental Zone, Movie Blues Anything is not where you want to post <laughs> pictures of your daughter. <laughs> Sick. All right, King. I feel like I've gone off. This well, was. We this still was need good. another hour to meet my quota. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, good times all around. Um, thanks for joining us on the Movie Blues podcast. Um, I think we're going to be covering a movie called Face Off next week. I've never heard of it, but hopefully it's good. Yeah, Face Off. I, I was I was really trying to draw some sort of line between these two movies. That's going to be real tough. <laughs> Somehow a movie more egregious than this. <laughs> um, join us for Face Off. Dan, any final thoughts about Space Jam, even though we just did a lot of final thoughts? No, I mean, there's always room yeah, for more. Nah, it was fine. Like, yeah, it was fine. I agree. I, anyone, I walked into this expecting to say, like, it was fine. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. I can't believe anyone feels strongly about it. 
Like, well, I, I I'm not gonna jump on that one with you because I like I feel str strongly about all sorts of weird, bizarre things all the time. Um, but the the what is so stupid about this one in particular is that if you felt that strongly, that strongly, guys, like that strongly about the first Space Jam, you're already fucking it up. Like you're supposed to, you know, love it as a kid. You enjoyed it, but if you've spent your life like following Space Jam news, like. <laughs> When's it gonna happen? Right. You're in the wrong fucking like, line anyway. You're way off. My freshman year of college, I distinctly remember sitting in dorms, what do it, watching Space Jam on Blu-ray, and doing a Space Jam drinking game that we found on the internet. So by age 18, I found Space Jam. We all found aware. Space Jam stupid enough to turn it into a drinking game, and right. we watched it and laughed our asses off, drunk off our ass the whole time. And if you had told me right then we're coming out with a new Space Jam tomorrow, I'd be like, great, new drinking game. Exactly. And, and the reason that more people can't see it that way, it's disappointing. But yeah, as a film, no more than a five, sir. Yeah, I mean, as a film, I don't even care enough to rate it. As an experience, good times, like, good times. As a kid, like, yeah. I'm rating it as like how insufferable I find the majority of kids' movies. True. Like, You know what? I'll be full, full on with you on that. I would give the movies that you're describing, the insufferable ones, like ones. Right. So, like, for me, don't take the 4.9 as, like, shots fired. That's a better rating than I thought I was going to. I thought this was easily, especially after seeing Son of the Mask and knowing that the mask himself was in this movie, I knew that this was going to be upsetting. Yeah, this was dangerous. <laughs> I expected it to be a zero or a one. Right. I walked in going, how am I going to now describe a zero or a one? That's not it. So... Go see this movie, enjoy it, just like have fun, yeah, get just stoned, drink beer, out. try like, to enjoy yourself. We sat around, ate great pizza, drank tequila, and had a fucking decent time. There was some nostalgia involved. There was there was fun in the cringiness of us sitting around being like, wow, they fucked that up. Like, right. it, there's fun to be had When here. Porky Pig was rapping, I was like, this is so problematic, but I'm here. Yeah, and I was like, I'd, I'd be upset in like the cultural sphere if I hadn't seen this. Like, if it yeah. was 10 years from now and everyone already forgot about Space Jam, a Tron Legacy, and I saw it for the first time, and I'd be like, wow, I wish at the moment I had been able to rag on Porky Pig rapping for a while. Right. Like, dude, it's just... <laughs> I know this is ironic coming from either of us, but, like, it's just a fucking movie. Yeah. In this case, yes. Just chill the fuck out. Yeah. It's a kid's movie on a streaming service. Yeah, relax. Dude, it's not like they <laughs> fucked up Minions 2. Like, chill. That being said, LeBron James, very shitty actor. Yeah, poor. Please never again. Bad dad. Yeah, bad dad, too. Bad husband. What else is new, though, as we've discovered? And speaking, you were talking about emasculating black men, like his security head of security is like crying the entire movie. What the fuck? And my wife was convinced that that was going to lead to a, a satisfying side plot, and when it didn't pay off, that's when she got mad. Yeah. She they're... was like, well, what was the deal with the manager the whole time? I thought he was going to do something, or... He didn't. He never went into the game. Right. He never did anything. He just ran around pissing his pants for two hours. Yeah. So. And also, like, the entire They were like, thing... oh, too many strong black men in this one. Gotta have one pissing his fucking pants oh, yeah. the whole time. The entire thing being predicated upon, like, LeBron James turned down the algorithm's pitch for, like, LeBron to whore himself out into a bunch of video game worlds as if, like, that's not what he does <laughs> yeah. all of the time. And is not currently what he's doing in the film yeah, that he's like, in, commenting on For it. LeBron to be like, this is the worst idea I ever heard. It's like, one, like, there is no chance that LeBron enters any meetings and gives his own opinions about anything. He looks at his fucking team 
And they're like, yeah, you'll make a shitload of money if you do that. And he's like, great. Yeah, Warner Brothers is like, we're literally going to dedicate 100 film universes to him. And he's like, this idea is just straight up bad. Like, okay, bro. Yeah, and then that offends a computer so badly. The computer's black. <laughs> and Did scene. I use that sample enough, guys? If and I did, scene. let me know. <laughs> Don Cheadle is indeed black. <laughs> Thanks, W. The line should have been, why did they make the computer so black? We live in a world where the last thing that the WB came out with on fucking streaming service was the reboot of the Animaniacs, which is brilliant and nobody watched it yeah and it got no fucking intense praise no fucking intense nostalgia and very people brief. are throwing fits over space jam go watch animaniacs it's yeah. the same thing but good or the dceu i mean what not familiar with the reference it's it's hot trash more hot trash from WB. I'm pretty bummed that Ben Affleck wasn't in this movie. My final comment will be that um, right now in the film community, WB is under a lot of fire for so many situations going on simultaneously. Look it up on your own. But the bottom line is that like... Wait, I want to know. Of all movie studios that are now notoriously being railed for tampering with their director's visions, screwing with people's movies and originality, cutting things. Now they're making... Robert Pattinson refilm the ending of his new The Batman movie because it's too dark. So that's the kind of movie studio Yikes. that is currently under fire from many creators in Hollywood for being soulless, vapid, soul-sucking, making a movie about creating an algorithm in which they cut creators out to be vapid, soul-sucking monsters. It is a little too on the nose from a company that is already in a heap load of like me too cancellations and cringe universes of their own to create a multiverse of cringe to set across the galaxy. It just feels a little like the wrong time in that regard as well. But um, I'm all for seeing um, Danny DeVito's yeah. penguin jumping around on a basketball court. This movie so is 10 out of 10. This movie is literally, <laughs> this movie is literally like if Miramax produced like a, a Blu-ray box set of the Bill Cosby trial. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. <laughs>